0: From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, a very pleasant uh, good morning to you. It's about 1030. We just kind of got messed up earlier and uh, the rain, rains came on this 21 November morning. And then uh, we got cut off and then we're just starting over again with Dr. Richard Massey. He's in the, in the blue room or the green room. He'll be here in a second. Tomorrow we have uh, Jefferson Morley, Who's one of the uh, one of the most well-researched folks on the JFK assassination, which will be fifty-nine years ago tomorrow? Can you believe it? Fifty-nine years ago. <coughs> Excuse me. I can remember I was a, um, a senior in high school, walking up from lunch at twelve thirty or so on that Friday. When we heard the news. So I remember that moment. So we're going to talk about that. Because they're doing some very curious things. About trying to get these um, files that have been tucked away. That they, whoever they are, do not want us to see. And they don't want us to see it for another 50 years. But uh, they're going to get them out. Um, They've gone through a lot of legal shenanigans. Over 25, 30 years to do that. So that'll be interesting tomorrow to talk to him. Adam Bergstrom 2.0. Will be here on Wednesday. And on the third Monday, Dr. Richard Massey joins us. He's a good friend of ours and uh, he's out of Austin. He does some very cool work, working with people and trying to solve all the world's problems. Ray Pete is not going to be here again today. This will be the third month that he wasn't able to speak to you because. They had these forest fire things that they set a fire in um, in Oregon, and you just can't speak. So, what are you going to do? So, I will be here after Richard Massey leaves, and we'll solve all the world's problems between you and I. So, now we go to Austin, Texas, where Richard Massey is in his purple shirt. <laughs> good morning. Yes. Good morning, good morning.
1: And, and over break, you know, I didn't know if we were going to come back or not, so... I took a moment to uh, take a few drops of methylene blue.
0: What is methylene blue? Mm-hmm.
1: So you can see my blue teeth. Um, uh,
0: oh, I like it. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. The blue teeth. And uh, this is from my buddy Gene Barnett. And then I put on Gene's little light device and it's going to pulsate red lights uh, into my wrist because the blood vessels are close to the surface there. And they'll take in red light cuz it's kind of overcast these days yeah for people who have seasonal affective disorder
0: mm-hmm.
1: um want to do something to get more exposure to light and as you know things like methylene blue St. John's wort and curcumin are very powerful photosensitizers so methylene blue is a photosensitizer for red light and red light going to make you get more atp and i'm not saying you need these devices or this stuff sure this is just a, i'm just you know putting a call out there for the light
0: i like it know? i like it you know
1: we want to we want to let what happened to jfk come to light we want to <laughs> let ourselves come to light you know
0: good for you uh, so what you know, what on god's green earth is methylene blue and where does it come from and you sure it's okay to put this in your body otherwise you wouldn't do it
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not positive. We tested it on hundreds of patients first. I'm kidding. Uh, but And there are different forms of methylene blue. We used it in the operating room sometime, but it was mainly used to stain slides Hmm. to look at cells. Hmm. The cells would take on this blue dye, and you could see them better. Mm -hmm. But it turns out if you have methylene blue in your body, your blood cells absorb more red light from the sun or from other sources, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you're low on energy, red light is really good for that. Uh, it's around 620 well, something nanometers, I think. Yep. the smart light people will know. Yeah, um,
0: I know that one. I have a red light I want to tell you about, and it's right at that thing. I think it's six twenty, six thirty, in that range. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So methylene blue. I mean, where do they, do they make this in a lab, or they get it from blue whales? or yeah. Seals yeah or something? It's like a
1: it's like a pharmaceutical. But I think you can order it online. Huh. Um, and a lot of people do it as a nootropic. So depending on your brain balance of things like acetylcholine mm-hmm. and dopamine, mm-hmm. wherever those are. Mm-hmm. It, so for some people who are like this, they take methylene blue and it goes like this.
0: What goes? Uh, the dopamine, which is good?
1: The balance between the dopamine and the acetylcholine, oh. it it changes when you take methylene blue. I'm not sure what it does to all of the neurotransmitters, mm-hmm. but if I do a small amount, I feel better. If I do a lot, I feel worse. Um, so a lot of people do it every morning as a nootropic.
0: A nootropic,
1: uh, for, huh brain function Um, and then also when they go out in the sunlight or you know they find something that exposes them to some red light because they'll absorb more red light and when that happens it seems like the little bacteria that live inside of our cells which we call mitochondria make more holy water they make more holy water and jet fuel you know and so (laughs) we all feel cleaner and more energetic. Um,
0: well, isn't that fun? Yeah, I've, I've heard the term, Doc, but never knew much about it. I'm glad you filled me in. I just may try something like that. You know, I've got some experience with the red light. <clears throat> uh, a couple years ago, one of my good friends, Brandon Amalani with Shen Blossom, Chinese medicine Qigong guy, we got talking about lights, and he said, "Yeah." you should get one of these lights and I think it's 630 something, 640, whatever Mm -hmm. the the wave, you know. You should get that one and I think I got it from a place called Red Light Man or something like that. And it's a round one, you know. And so what I do, you're gonna like this being a boy or girls may like it too, is I um, I do the deer exercise every morning. Do you know the deer exercise? Do you know that one?
1: I don't know
0: if I know that one or not. Okay. So the deer exercise is a Qigong uh, Mantak Chia kind of Taoist. It's a Taoist thing, right? And what you okay. do is you warm up your hands. Yep. You're, you cup your testicles with one hand, right? And then you, you do your belly below the navel 81 times in one direction. And then you, then you put your other hand on your testicles and then you do the other direction 81 times and you focus on the, you focus, you know, you put the mind-testicle-hand connection which really, you don't want to just go wander off and think about, you know, right. dinner, right? Yeah. And then you contract the anal sphincters as long as you can and that moves energy all the way through your body to help heal the body. And it also then strengthens the testicles, strengthens Mr. Happy, and the whole sexual thing. And they got this, strangely enough, as you know, you may know, the Taoists do a lot of things according to animals. There's a book called The Book of Internal Exercises, and they're all tied in with animals. And they have these exercises that are like the bear and the tiger, and the lion, you know, and uh, the, the crane. And, you know, this is how. They, and the deer exercise, deer are so prolific because they make little baby deers. They did this thing in the, you ever see them in the back in their butt? They do this thing. So that's where they got the idea. Isn't that cool?
1: Ah, uh, okay.
0: Isn't that cool? That's where they got the idea. So what yeah. we do before the deer exercise every morning, we take this red light, put it on bed, and shine it on the, are the family jewels, about two feet away, and then tap them, seven times, seven is like that number for heaven, and right, seven, seventh heaven, and then you tap them, and that gets the uh, um, testosterone up, and so now if I take methylene blue and do this with the red light, OMG, I mean, no telling. I mean, you know. (laughs) Duh. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to do it. So it, 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 you know, me, I'll try anything. So it actually helps absorb the red light from the sun Yeah. and artificial red light as well, I guess.
1: Yeah, any kind of red light that's that wavelength. And remember that the thing that makes blood red, yeah. the thing called hemoglobin that we measure on every lab test, hemoglobin? is exactly the same as chlorophyll. Chlo- it's, it, it's the same stuff that makes plants grab sunlight and make energy out of sunlight. It's the thing that causes photosynthesis. Whoa. Photosynthesis.
0: Synthesis. Well, that's right? cool.
1: Yeah, so our blood is like the stuff that makes plants green. Only it has iron in the center, so it looks red. But its main function is to grab light. Grab light. Grabs light. So that's why there's no skin on the back of the eyeballs. And you can look back there and you just see raw, uncovered blood vessels that are going to come. The light is going to come through a lens and magnify on those tiny blood vessels all day long. And people who are outside get a light treatment all day long. All day
0: long. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Does does yeah, it do the full same spectrum thing? Light. Does do the same thing with the light on the skin? You know, like yeah, same idea. Yeah, you
1: want to be as naked as possible. And if you live in a neighborhood, they make those swimsuits that light goes through. <laughs> do they
0: really? I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's always something. You know, that's funny. They actually make swimsuits that light go through. Isn't that hilarious?
1: Yes. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, so people can walk on a public beach and wait for the sunrise, which <laughs> is the magic time according Mag- to Jack Cruz. And uh, so you get out there and sit on the beach and the sun comes up and it goes everywhere. Um, so you're getting your little 81 times there as the little 81 movements of the sun come up. And, uh, That's
0: fun. Yeah. So um, this hemoglobin, is that... Excuse me. Is that also a little heme? What is heme? Is that yeah, where that so, comes from?
1: So heme is, is uh, you generally hear about it like heme iron. Yeah. It's iron that's associated with the hemoglobin molecule. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'd have to look up the part that heme is and the part that globin is again. Yeah. But basically the thing that makes your blood cells red is a light grabber just like the leaves on your plants that's and the, the more key, light right? it grabs that's the more the energy you have you know
0: so is that yeah. why when we shine a flashlight like this you see red you ever you ever notice that
1: it's i re- don't know i know mr wizard would know the you answer know, it's, it's
0: red i mean just shine a light there and it's red yes. i mean what's that about you know
1: i know right it's like okay yeah
0: I wonder, do we know what just in general, uh, even without methylene blue, red light does? Have you looked into that?
1: Well, I think it does the same thing on mitochondria. It's going to make it spin faster. Mm -hmm. So there's these little wheels in there that generate ATP, uh, which is the energy molecule for the body. And it gives off holy water. So whenever it spins, it sprinkles off little bits of holy water kind of like the priest in the church
0: you know yeah, when you're just a sure, few sure, days old right sure sure you know holy is good So
1: we're just kind of copying biology <laughs> uh interestingly
0: light boy that's the, i know that uh, jack cruz is uh, really into light we should get him on it's been a long time since we've talked to him years and years i think he moved down to the o- ocean just to be near the fish or something
1: you know, I think he did. I, I knew he took uh, a lot of his people down to Playa del Carmen several mm. times a year. He may have decided to settle there, but so I haven't kept up in a while. He
0: feels like fish is like a really, really good food.
1: And the closer you are to the equator. So his big thing was he had a test. Mm. It was expensive, but the test would tell you, how your body is suited to make energy and heat so the idea being like uh africans closer to the equator their mitochondria are set up to make mostly energy because they don't need to make heat because there's plenty of heat near the equator so they can run and jump faster than other people and run longer because their mitochondria don't have to generate heat they can just use a hundred percent of their effort to generate energy people who are of european descent need a certain amount of their energy to go into heat production ah heat right mm-hmm. in order to survive so when the mitochondria makes the atp a bunch of it goes over into heat and then what's left goes into energy Uh, so there's a difference in the way the body can perform there's a difference in the places that the body feels most comfortable Hmm. so for instance if a person on the equator who grew up there tries to go up and live in Sweden I don't know they just may not be as happy uh, how their body functions up there because they're they're in a place where they need to generate heat and their body doesn't know how to do it very well. Hmm. So he would do this test and help people decide how close or how far away from the equator they need to live <laughs> for optimal function, That's right? Funny.
0: Only Jack Cruz would think about that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, 28.4 miles from the equator is your best place.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I kind of, I don't know. I'm a little more partial to the astro-cartography myself. No, I understand. You know, yeah.
0: Well, he was also, he got your good friend Meridian out in this cold thing, right? Remember, too? She was in the cold bathtub. Oh, man, I have some
1: (laughs) photos of that that are unbelievable. Uh, (laughs) You probably remember those. Where she's breaking the ice to get into that water, and she just looked like a little person in prayer. But, you know, when... uh, I'm over there visiting, and I walk into her bathroom and turn on the light. It's all red and ultraviolet light bulbs. (laughs) So it's all designed to increase energy. Uh, There's no white light bulbs there. Uh, So uh, Jack has a way of setting up a house so that you're getting plenty of red and ultraviolet light all the time.
0: Our good friend Adam, our monthly guest, he's got these red lights going all the time. And I've got, I've got one that a fellow built for me is on a board, you know? You see a board, mm-hmm. and there's four of these huge chicken lamps you get at the Home Depot. And I think they're pretty close to that, that wavelength, you know? Yes. I think that's yeah. what people use for these saunas, right? And I, I got that uh, in my living room, and it's a on all the time. Usually more so in the winter because they're pretty warm. But the whole house is just red all the time
1: yeah it just feels yeah.
0: feels good so you can actually get a red bulb and put it like in your bathroom too
1: oh i'm sure and uh, that's what meridian does and you turn on the light and you expect it's, to see some white and it's all red it's all, and ultraviolet it's you all know? red yeah right. uh, yeah and you know back in the day patrick sad as it was people actually had to go visit places with naked people just to get red light uh, but now well, you can well, yeah, have it in I, your yeah, own home. Yeah. I, you I know? remember those yes. places,
0: yes. <laughs> Quite expensive, but they were fun. Really, <laughs> that's hilarious. I wonder where that term red light district came from. I don't know yeah. why, why they picked the red light. Well, isn't, <laughs> isn't that curious? So, so boy, you got me all jazzed up about getting some methylene blue. I think it's going to take my <laughs> Whew. my dear exercise <laughs> to a whole nother level you know I just may you know get married have 12 kids after that. God help me
1: <laughs> Yeah 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 so, yeah yeah. Hey, I found this in my storage unit the other day. what is that
0: let me let me put you up full screen there. What is that?
1: Yeah that's from like, 1986.
0: I don't think you're Andrew Kaufman. Let me take the title off there. Nineteen. Tell me about who that is while I change the title.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's me, the tall one there. That's me and that's three of you? my anesthesia buddies in training. Look at you. How, yeah. t- how old
0: were you during that thing?
1: Gosh, I would have been 36. Yeah. That's yeah, 30. just a young whippersnapper. Just a whipper. And... uh Also in there, in in the storage, I found my old Jonathan Wright newsletter. Oh, I remember those. Yeah,
0: harnessing the healing healing. power of light. Look at him. Yeah, he was. Yeah,
1: and and he had he had a two part series on that healing power of light, and um, he was talking about how it's been around since the nineteen twenties and all the incredible, you know. Things that we're all scared of again today, it seems like, <laughs> how they all reversed with ultraviolet light IVs. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that's been my experience, too. So, you know, it's just these uh, its just these little light bulbs here. Yeah. Same ones that you would use to sterilize your water at home.
0: Oh, I've got one of those.
1: And uh, so the device I used for 20 years was just this little tiny umitron device yeah and it's got two of those light bulbs and a mirror Mm -hmm. right and then we have this special iv tubing that has this quartz piece in the middle and that quartz piece fits right between the light bulbs just like that and when the person's blood goes through that quartz piece the ultraviolet goes right onto their blood and their blood grabs light hmm. just like the heme, just like the chlorophyll in the trees right in the grass and when it goes back in the body some pretty cool things happen
0: it's got more more mojo or more chi or prana or whatever you want to call it more juice stuff
1: and there's there's just something about it i mean I've done it for 25 years and I haven't had one person with an acute infection who did not recover hmm. in 25 years. I've done thousands of them and you know, I mean it could change tomorrow, but so far and I mean that included the dreaded, uh, hate to use the acronym COVID. <laughs> yeah, um, well,
0: be careful there.
1: <laughs> whatever that meant. Yeah. And, uh, and I looked at people's blood, you know, before and after, and you can see the light just has been around all this time, just waiting to be rediscovered. Um, invisiblecure.com is where people can look up how to find someone close to them.
0: Um, invisiblecure.com? Uh-huh. Oh, they do, the, they do the ultraviolet thing with the blood?
1: And they do a lot of training, and there's a book also that Tom Lau wrote that you'll see on that site. And uh, people put in their postal code, they should help you find someone nearby yeah. that does that. Mm. And just ask around with holistic people. You'll find somebody. Sure. And so then the, the thing that was big for me is, having been the immunization guy in the military at my base, Once I realized that there was a 100% reversal for everything we call an acute illness, I thought, why in the world would you vaccinate anybody for anything if you knew you had a 30-minute IV that would completely reverse it if you got in trouble? Um, So that really was a big shifter for me. Yeah when I realized Mm -hmm. that. What
0: were the IV doing? Because we don't really, I don't, but I don't know, maybe you do, that there are really germs in there trying to get us. Is the IV just making the body stronger?
1: You know, I honestly don't know Mm -hmm. uh, what it does at that level. Fair enough. Uh, One of the things that happens, though, uh, according to a surgeon who was in our research group who looked at blood before and after, what he said was that the body goes into states of military overreaction Hmm. to certain things. Mm -hmm. And when the light comes in, it calls for a ceasefire.
2: Hmm.
1: It's like, hey, everybody, let's just calm down, Hmm. reevaluate the situation here and see if we can't find another solution.
0: Hmm. Uh,
1: And somehow the body does find another solution. Hmm.
0: Well, that makes um, sense if there, if it is a tied in with a spiritual thing, which we believe everything is. You know, there's 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 some kind of uh, internal um, what do you call it conflict going on, right? Yes. Right. You shouldn't do yeah. that. You should do that. You couldn't. Oh, I can't believe I did that. Oh, look what happened mm-hmm. to me. So that would make sense if the light would help yeah. smooth that puppy out. I like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So what whatever it is, it does that. It does it. Whatever and, it, is.
0: <laughs> whatever it is, it does that. Yeah. Whatever it
1: is. Yeah, yeah. And I haven't had any bad effect, you know, oh. like like some drugs, you have people have terrible reactions, yeah. but not so with this. And on the family level, you know, whenever somebody gets an IV, their brain automatically remembers their mother. And their umbilical IV. Oh, the brain always remembers the first IV. So we come back to your chimpanzee video that you were telling me about earlier, where mm. the mom and the baby are. Yeah, but uh, I figured it up just quickly in my head. It's about ten to sixty million dollars worth of IV that we get in the womb. You know, um, so we're all kind of valuable. Um, and when we put in an IV, our, our brain goes back and thanks, Mom, and is grateful for the IV, whether we're conscious of that or not. Mm-hmm. And then if we add light in with the IV fluid, light is the father. For biology, sunlight is dad. Sky is dad. Mm-hmm. So when we put light in the blood along with the fluid in the IV, the person receiving it gets to be the baby in the womb, receiving mommy and daddy's love, just safe and all wrapped up and nice, you know? Oh. Uh, and I think there's just something healing that happens um, with that combination.
0: And we probably will never, or who knows, we will never understand exactly what goes on, but we don't really, at this point, it doesn't care. We don't care. <laughs> yeah. We don't care.
1: yeah. yeah. And we're raised to think like that, Patrick. So the other day I was I was pondering this in, in medical school because I'm working with someone else who had preeclampsia during their pregnancy. Uh-huh. And that was the big turning point for me uh, when I first realized my pharmacy school and medical school education left some stuff out. Um, so they would say things like, we don't understand what's going on with preeclampsia. Uh, we don't understand the mechanism of it or what it is, and I get that, and that's factually correct, but what a distraction from what I'm really looking for as a human being. What I'm really looking for is something useful. I'm not looking for an understanding of what's going on. Right. If you, if you can get me something useful, I'll be really grateful. If you can save my wife's life during this pregnancy with something useful, I would love that. But I realized in that moment, that urge to understand the mechanism of things is partly how deeply pharmaceutical marketing has gone into our education. The, The idea of how much energy has been spent looking to discover the mechanism of something rather than making useful things available to people who need it.
0: Uh, so giving um, an example of that would be like um, well pretty much everything, I guess, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much everything. so 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 the medical industry with the information they gave us, doctors, they're going to let my sister-in-law and my niece die from preeclampsia and eclampsia, uh, because we're just stymied. Hey, we don't understand the mechanism of this. We're going to do the best we can to take care of the symptoms. Meanwhile, back at Harvard, Brigham and Women, 1953, Dr. Thomas Brewer discovers that if a woman eats more protein, the preeclampsia just disappears. Wow. That was never mentioned in medical school.
0: They left that part out.
1: They left that part out. So while we're waiting for a magic drug or a magic understanding of the mechanism, 2,000 women a year were dying and leaving their babies motherless.
0: And they, all they needed was a little more protein.
1: That a hundred percent of the time it worked. Hmm. It's one of the few things that works 100% of the time. Hmm. Um, And it's been researched over and over 100% of people. And it worked in my sister-in-law. She temporarily died during that first pregnancy when she was under medical management. She was resuscitated. The baby was saved. They were in the hospital for two months before they were stable enough to go home. She got it with the second pregnancy. Got pregnant on the pill, um, and when we put her on the high protein diet, like Jonathan Wright suggested, the preeclampsia was resolved in three days.
0: And what is she preeclampsia? Went to with no
1: complications. How would you explain and it?
0: What it is? How would you?
1: Every midwife that I've met knows this.
0: Really? Wow.
1: Zero doctors know this, unless they've been to Dr. Wright's class or a class like that, Um, you know, which is just, I don't know, it just shows that how much energy we put into trying to understand something, rather than making sure everyone has access to something useful, Right. Uh, while we're over here cogitating, oh, what's this about? Well, I mean, that's okay if everybody's good, you know? i'm I'm for understanding things, but not while people are dying, and there's something you can do about it you know it, it, something's out of order there it yeah, seems like
0: just give them some stuff. so when Dr. Wright started talking about it was it mainly just giving more meat and animal fat and that kind of thing
1: so you know my sister in law didn't have much money, and uh I just asked her to eat more eggs mm mm-hmm. and that was it, you know um and if a woman can't digest then you give her pre-digested amino acids i mean whatever it takes to get the amino acid amount up in the bloodstream right is, is going to turn that off
0: right
1: and what an amazing thing right um
0: we had a fellow on the other day uh i'm doing his weight uh bearing thing called x3 it's really cool i'm building muscles first time ever and um his name is uh, John Jaquish. We were talking about food, and he's a carnivore guy, and he's got muscles on his muscles. But he was saying that eggs have more usable protein than meat, than the best meat cut ever of like a ribeye. More usable protein for the body than, mm-hmm. than even meat does. Well, I never yeah. realized that, you know?
1: Yeah, Dr. Wright used Did to he? say it's an almost perfect it's food. It's an almost perfect food. Wow. It's got so much healthy fat and healthy protein in it.
0: Yeah. You think we do both the eggs, the whites and the el- and the yolks?
1: Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I guess some people have allergies or whatever. Oh, do they? As my teacher would say ask your mom about your conception <laughs> you have problems with eggs you know there's a story there
0: there's a story and, uh, there somewhere right yeah. yeah
1: there's a story there but yeah, yeah i don't know the idea of separating it doesn't the seem white well. and the yellow sounds more like a racial issue to yeah.
0: me um, what i do like so. to do sometimes i like i had a steak yesterday a really nice steak uh, grass-fed and i just took two raw egg yolks i separated and put them on the steak with butter and, Bo, you talk about really rich, kind of, ooh, oh, man. Wow. Yeah, really, really tasty. Yeah, I'm, I'm going through a lot of eggs these days after hearing that from Dr. Jaquish. They're really good for you, mm-hmm. aren't they? I mean, I, I digest mm-hmm. them well. And, I mean, oh, so what's not to like, you know? It's like...
1: Yeah, and it, and it harkens us back to the magic moment. hmm The moment when the sperm and the egg and that spark of life met.
0: This no. magic moment. Yeah, remember that song.
1: All the songs are about that too, right?
0: <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> Adam Bergstrom talks about <laughs> one of the perfect things you can do with circulation is sex time, which is what six to nine in the evening, is do eggs and um, sardines. So you have the sperm, you have the sperm and the egg thing going together. <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. You know, like,
2: okay. <laughs>
0: You know what I mean? It's like, uh, That's
1: good. Isn't that that's good? good. Yeah.
0: What, what's another one at night? Oh, uh, oysters. I think it's because of the zinc. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because of zinc and the testicles or something. But oysters are supposedly like an aphrodisiac food, you know?
1: That's, that's what I've heard. And uh, so just to remind the listeners, if you're a term baby, full-term, nine-month baby, And you were born in August. November, this month, is your conception month. And so I would recommend that you celebrate your conception month.
0: So you and I were born in November. When was our conception month?
1: So your conception month is February. Uh, Mine is in January. I was born in late October. Right. Um, So...
0: Yeah. Well, what does that celebrate mean? Celebrate
1: those two months. Oh,
0: celebrate year. those Birthday two months, month. right?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Birthday month, conception month, um, and remember those. So, like right now, you'll be replaying some sense of ambiance about how your mother felt at your birth, and if that chimpanzee video touched you. Oh the way you described. That's what happened at your birth with you and your mom.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to play that for you after the commercial okay. break. Yeah, you know, that whole oyster thing, I kind of got into that when I was living in New Orleans and all the oysters, you know, and people would say, well, you know, you do oysters, you know. And I don't know, I, I had a dozen one time and only 10 of them worked. So, you know, I'm not sure. That's... Uh, I'm not sure that's true, you know.
1: Uh. Yeah, I think one of the ideas is is that they're high in zinc.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think and, that's it And too. I
1: think when a man ejaculates, it's got about 15 or so min, uh, milligrams of zinc in it. Really? So if a person has ejaculated beyond, you know, their zinc, <laughs> then when they have the oysters, it, re- it, replenishes, it replenishes their zinc.
0: Their zinc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the some of the Taoist thing we talk about the do exercise people, they they have these whole systems where you don't ejaculate. Yes. You ejaculate. They teach you how to. Instead of going in, you can it just bring it up and in to back into the body. hmm It's kind of fun. I guess it says on nutrition too, says on zinc, you know.
1: Mhm. <laughs> yeah, a lot of energy in that fluid.
0: Well, oh, I bet there is, you know, a lot of a lot of a lot of, lot of mojo in there, man. Ooh.
1: Mhm. And just as this little segue here into another <laughs> direction, gluten looks exactly like semen. What? It's a little bit off-white, it's very sticky. Um and so when a person takes gluten into their body,
0: yeah.
1: that person is asking their body to replay the stories of their fathers. What? Say that again. So it's like a sacrament in church. Like when you do the bread and wine to remember Jesus. Yeah. yeah. When we do gluten, we're remembering dad, grandpas, and great-grandpas.
0: So should we and do that? Are you are saying we should do it? We should do that?
1: If those are happy stories in me, Mm -hmm. when I take in gluten, it will do nice things inside of me. If I hate my father or my grandpa or my great-grandpa, or they were criminals or excluded, and I haven't worked that out, when I take in gluten, the gluten will reenact the inflammatory rejection of my father's.
0: Wow. Well, so I must really love my dad because I never had an issue with gluten. I did okay with it.
1: There you go. There you go. I would go with that. I, yeah. I'd go with that.
0: Yeah. we It's very interesting. <laughs> gluten looks like semen. You heard it here, yes. folk, here first, folks, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: We're going to tell it, Dr. Richard Massey, he's an MD out of uh, Austin, Texas. And as you can tell he's crazy as a loon and that's why we love him if you'd like to be on the show <laughs> you'd like to be on the show join us so uh, you can call 888 6386 email Patrick at one and uh, we're gonna play the the chimpanzee and the baby video so we all get to cry after we do a little break here this is one of our favorite favorite uh, 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 products and it's called colostrum it's from daniel vitalis and it's really a nice product and uh, i think you'll like it if you haven't tried it Here's an idea from Daniel.
3: For my first meal of the day I like to make a blended drink and I'm always basing my blended drinks around colostrum. Colostrum adds so much creamy flavor and texture that if you don't have it, smoothies start to seem a little bit watery to me. Now I'm going to be combining it with a bunch of other ingredients but it really is the all-star. Colostrum has so many health benefits. Probably it's best known for its effects on the immune system. There's actually an article in PubMed showing colostrum to be three times more effective against flu and flu symptoms than flu vaccines are even in high-risk patients. It's incredible for fighting flu and other viral type infections. It's also really good for building lean muscle mass. In fact, it contains all 89 of the known mammalian growth factors. It's also very good for the gut lining. So people who suffer from things like Crohn's, IBS, uh, leaky gut syndrome, a lot of those folks are using colostrum in the regenerative process to heal and restore their gut lining. tastes great. It's got the fuel I need to get through the day and it's got all those added health benefits thanks to the colostrum too.
0: Indeed it does. Patrick Timpone, talk show guy do and Daniel Vitalis. It do. It do, it do, it do. Um, it's a great great company. They have uh, three or four different flavors now of colostrum and there's also shaga, reishi, uh, elk velvet antler and uh, pine pollen. Speaking of uh sexuality things boys I know that doesn't interest you but you know and um, it's got a lot of great things also the uh, the digestive bitters which are very nice to take regardless of what your diet is and it's all at extra thrival on one radio networkcom about two months ago or so a, a listener sent me a link to a website called X3 because I was kind of musing on the air one day. I said, i want to start lifting some weights and I've got one of those exercise machines that I bought about three years ago and never have used it. Hmm. Sound familiar? Uh, yeah. And, uh, and so now I'm going to sell it. So anyway, I, I go on there and I watch this video from Dr. John Jaquish and he talks about this program that he developed that is not weights, but it's actually... Um, um, uh, 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 let's see, What's uh, what's what do they make rubber out of? Latex bands. And they're really strong and not petroleum based. And they're not just like cheapo bands you get on Amazon that stretch out. These are like the real deal. And, and then they have this silver bar and this plate that you use. And I'm going to just show you a picture of of, uh, of him, and he wrote a book called Weightlifting is a Waste of Time. So, so I watched this, and you know, I was sold in about an hour. I said, man, I'm getting this. So I went and I bought a, a system, it's called the X3, it's on our website. At the time it was 549 bucks, and I didn't have that lying around. Who does doing a talk show, dude? But <laughs> what can I tell you? So, but they, they financed it, I think 50 bucks a month for whatever, do the math and, you know, a little bit of interest, and boom, I just bought it and got it, and I'm probably two months into it. You do it every day for 15, 20 minutes, that's it, and uh, you don't get sore. Now, what's that about? You don't get sore because in regular weightlifting, which I didn't know before, is you're actually kind of ripping the muscle a bit you're actually tearing the fibers and that's why the muscle grows. But with this system, which is called variable resistance, where you're working with this huge silver bar and then bands, right, like this, you never take the, the pressure off. So like in a regular weightlifting thing, if you're doing a, um, you know, this kind of thing, whatever they call us, um, whatever, for your shoulders, you, you lock out at the top and they go, okay. And then they come down, and then they do it again. And that's what damages, according to Jaquish, the joints and also which causes the muscle to tear and not build it. On a variable resistance, these things are on a band, so you never take the pressure off of the, the muscle, right? So you see the shoulder, the pressure's on there, and then you bring it down, and it's still on there, still on there, still on there, pressure's still on there, and then you go back up and you do two or three seconds, about 15 or until you can't do it any longer, until you just max out, like here, you just can't even move, then you're done. And then you do another chest or triceps or biceps or booty, and you do four day, and then the next day you do the next one. Never been sore in two months. Well, I take it back, I had one little spot on the back of my back one time. I was doing a squat and just went out to lunch. You gotta pay attention because if you go out to lunch when you do these things you can hurt yourself you know just like any mind you know mind body connection thing this is really cool and you will build muscle and girls you can do this too and you can use a different band so depending on what you want if you don't want to have you know biceps or something you just get stronger it's called X3 I highly recommend this I'm so jazzed about it I do it every day 15 minutes I mean anybody can do that 15 minutes and that's it and it shows you exactly how to do it, gives you a little program, gives you the video so you don't hurt yourself. It's right on the front page of oneradionetwork.com. It is called X3. And you can, uh, now they have it on sale. I paid $549. They've got it on sale right now at $399. That's a hundred and a half off of what I paid. So get it now, 399 And you can then finance it if you don't have the 399 You know, a couple points of interest and just get it, start doing it. You know, by the first of the year, you're going to have some muscles. I mean, I'm really, I mean, it's crazy, I know. Do me me have muscles? I mean, really? I mean. <laughs> Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is One com. Well, we just love discovering new stuff, don't we? I mean, come on, I mean... Ugh. Came right into my inbox too, Doc. That whole thing just came right in, like, "Okay, check this out. Check it out, dude. It's great." Dr. Richard Massey is with us. Um, uh, I want to do. Let, let's do before anything, Doc. I don't think you're going to be able to hear this because when we do videos, for some reason, the guests can't hear it, but you can see it. But there's not a lot of audio anyway. You'll 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 see what's going on. And so, let me just preface okay. this, and you'll see it at the end of the video. Evidently. This chimpanzee needed a a, um, C-section. wasn't coming out. You see it at the end of the video. It's real short. And so they gave the C-section, and they put the baby in a little crate, and then they let the the chimp in to um, see her baby for the first time. Okay, listen. Now they show you they, well that's something, but this is how they got the little baby, little c-section. Oh, look at that
3: little baby. I wish that Shaq was my real life big brother.
2: What's up, little bro? Turns out,
0: I know. Well, that's something. Did you see that, Doc? Wow! <laughs> mm. Oh my! Mm-mm. Oh my God!
1: Wow! Now I could definitely feel that when that when that little hand went up, <laughs> and the, the instant triggering of the mother love—just seeing that hand go up—that was
0: mm, really something. Mm. And you probably couldn't hear it, but when when she was doing this to the baby, she was doing this like,
1: <laughs> yes.
0: And then she was kissing the baby. <laughs> it gets me every time, man. Amazing.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Oh, baby. There you go.
1: And, and that's what the phrase, whip them all soundly and put them to bed, meant in the old poem.
0: What do you mean? I didn't get that.
1: There, there was an old woman who lived in a shoe. She had so many children, she didn't know what to do. So she gave them some broth without any bread. So this is the first GAPS diet. No (laughs) gluten, put them on bone broth. (laughs) She whipped them all soundly and put them to bed. Back in the day, to whip soundly meant to sing and rock someone. It was a whipping motion, you know, like you're going to do this and you're going to sing to them and put them to bed and which is what this chimpanzee instinctively did. instinctively does we have a lot of stuff here but if we pay attention to our instincts and that's that's one of the biggest issues that comes up in family constellations is when a mother and baby are separated at birth mm. sometimes if that doesn't get healed It's called an interrupted reaching out movement. So the little arm comes out, and there's no mother there. When that happens, if that doesn't get reconciled, that person will not get close to another human being for the rest of their life.
0: Oh. So do they generally bring bring the baby into the moms with c sections right away for that reason they can breastfeed and everything
1: you want to do it as soon as possible and and it's the in humans it's the feeling of the mother if the mother feels separated from the baby the baby feels that okay it's like i'm i'm born in a separation from love mm. so as i go through life in honor of my origin story I will never connect satisfyingly with love with another person. And strangely, I do that out of loyalty to my origin story. Um,
0: What do you mean? Explain a little bit on the origin story. Um, mm.
1: The brain always repeats what works. So if you and I survive the birth process the brain thinks everything that happened around that was a great idea. And it's going to repeat it in every one of my relationships for the rest of my life unless I do some kind of rebirthing.
0: But if it was good, you don't need to do anything, right?
1: Exactly. If it's good, just enjoy yourself. Okay. Right? Hmm. But if having trouble in relationships is going on, then I would take a look at that. What happened at birth? When you talk about weight, for instance, mm-hmm. when people are holding more weight than they're happy with. So I'll mention what Jobert said. You never say the phrase, lose weight, because the subconscious refuses to lose anything. Hmm. As soon as I say the phrase "lose weight," my subconscious says, "Yeah, go ahead and try," <laughs> but we're but we're not losing anything, you we're, know. We're. Uh, and one of the one of the main reasons that Jobert uh, Renault found out that people carry extra weight is because they were separated from their mothers at birth, and for biology. If a little bear gets separated from its mother, a little cub, it stands up on its legs and makes its hair stick straight out to look as big as possible because it believes if I was big enough, mom would see me and we would be reunited. So when a person is stuck in an incubator and kept away from the mother, one of the responses to that is to carry a lot of weight in life. That memory is still there. I just wasn't big enough for my mother to see me.
0: Hmm. Hmm. That's beautiful, man. That's that's why this work is so fun for you, because you can really connect all these dots here. Yes. Hmm. And how do you keep getting these insights just by working with this system on
1: yeah, I think I, I have the privilege of you know, I I spent a good bit of time in, in Dr. Renault's classes, but you know, above that, like when I started doing this, um was just the privilege of of getting to hear real human stories and then watching the changes that happened in people when they really when they really got it.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why does the subconscious not want to let things go?
1: You know, I I, I make up things about that, Patrick. I'm not <laughs> really sure. I, um, <laughs> I, I, understand. I, no, I my,
2: understand.
1: Yeah, yeah. My suspicion is mm-hmm. is that it's like the, the little Pac-Man games used to be or the video games where you have little power pellets. Mm-hmm. And the more of these little power pellets you eat, the the richer your life is as a little pac-man or whatever Mm -hmm. the subconscious does not want us to separate from a story until we have experienced all the love and gratitude available in that story
0: so it almost be a god thing why we have the subconscious so we can learn about love
1: Yes, so we can go back to every event that happened and milk all the love and gratitude out of it. And when that happens, the expression of our life is more useful, it's brighter, it's more satisfying. Um,
0: I like that. I
1: think that's what it's about.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I like that, man. I'll go with that.
1: Okay. Yeah, me too. I'm going with that for now.
0: I would... (laughs) Adam Bergstrom is listening this morning. Hi, Adam. He's going to be here on Wednesday. He says, uh, in the Mexican railroad signals, (laughs) I don't know where he comes up with this stuff, red light equals danger, unlicensed prostitute in the area, blue light equals government-approved, licensed prostitutes available. (laughs) (laughs) Only Adam comes up with this stuff, you know. That's uh, great. <laughs> Government-approved licensed prostitute available with a blue light.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my goodness!
0: Adam, if you're, you as you're listening there, give us a few little tidbits on red light. He knows a lot about red light because he has them all over his place too, and because we've been we've been talking about that. I wonder what the whole six hundred thirty or whatever forty that range does. Do we know anything about that, or is it we just kind of taking it for what it's worth and that's the best best hurts to get or whatever
1: apparently it speeds up these little uh, molecules called cytochromes <laughs> and when the cytochromes move faster they just generate more energy molecules and more holy water
0: holy water could that be similar yeah. to the fourth phase of water that Pollock and these people talk about
1: you know, I don't know. I just remember learning it in biochemistry that as the wheel turns and generates energy molecules, water comes off
2: hmm.
1: uh, one of the steps as a byproduct. And I have to think it's some kind of holy water yeah. because it's, it's created by the high priest <laughs> of the cell, you know. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the Jewish temple analogy from the Old Testament, you know. There's the outer part, then there's the inner part, and then there's the holy of holies.
0: Holy of holies. Well, the
1: holy of holies, only the high priest could go in there, right? And it was so sacred that they tied a rope around this guy's ankles uh, and, and gave him some bells that he had to jingle the whole time he was in there. And if the bells stopped jingling, they would pull his dead body out by the rope that was wrapped around his ankles. Uh, because if he wasn't good with his sins, he would be struck dead as soon as he entered the Holy of Holies. <laughs> and nobody could go in there and get the body because they would fall over sure, dead because yeah. they're not allowed to be in there, right? Yeah, what so, are you doing? Yeah. So they're reenacting biology and how sacred that is, that we have these sacred bacteria that actually live inside of our cells. We call them organelles when I was in school. Organelles. So, or we co-opted them and said, no, they're just part of a good human being, like somebody who eats Wheaties and right. jumps over buildings in a single bound. But it turns out that when we look at their their nucleus material, these little things, these mitochondria, they're actually bacteria, hmm. um, and they're living inside of our cells. So we have bacteria in the cell, outside the Everywhere. cell, right. and on the outside of the body, just like the temple. Just like right? the temple. I mean, it, it, we're just we're just intuitively reenacting the design of the universe, which can be seen at every level. Yeah. So I just got fascinated with the biological level. How does it reflect the beauty and wonder of the universe? You know. Mm-hmm. So, so here it is. Here are these little bacteria in there. When they get red light, they go. Ooh, we're gonna make more holy water and more energy Whatever, whatever we do, right? Know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, it makes me wonder what color light old Paul Revere used, you know? I mean, it was the red coats. The red coats uh, are coming, yeah. Coming, but I don't know what color light he used. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Well, if he's in Mexico, he probably did the red lights. But. <laughs> we, we recently had uh, Dr. Cowan on again just to recap some of his fun stuff and also Dr. Kaufman last week, and both of them now are are speaking in terms of um, not only viruses and bacteria are in our body and good for us, but um, parasites as well. That mm-hmm. both of them are thinking, and they don't see any evidence that these parasites, whatever we used to call parasites, and we all spent the last 30 years trying to kill these things, right? Zappers, whatever, mm-hmm. that... They're not trying to kill us. They're there for a reason. And Cowan, I think it was Cowan R. kaufman both argued that years ago they tried to, to Hulda Clark actually tried to connect parasites with cancer. Remember all that work she did? All that work she did. But Cowan, and they're saying it's the same thing as the cholesterol. The parasites may be found at the scene of cancer. It doesn't mean they're the culprit of the crime right that they were just there probably just trying to eat up the tumor isn't that interesting
1: yes it is <laughs> and uh, it isn't totally it? fits with the german new medicine yep um, that the human brain has had a relationship with all of these creatures uh for such a long time and uh, if the yogis are right our body is actually built out of them. Everything, the way the great pyramids right. would be built out of blocks, and and all of these organisms—the bacteria, the exosomes, or viruses, or fungi—Zach Bush says there's hundreds of thousands of microscopic parasites on the underside of the eyelids. I've seen some things. Right. Yeah, the,
0: I've seen some actual videos with that, where they do these super microscopes, and there are these little guys everywhere. We're just one yeah. big bug, dude. We're just one big bug.
1: <laughs> yes, yes.
0: And Bush
1: in his last podcast I saw talked about a study that was done where Diflucan, a yeah. fungus killer, right. was given to some kids who had fungus issues. And a week later, their brains were 10% smaller.
0: Wow. To get rid of this fungus?
1: Because the the little nerve endings in our body... The fungus are feeding them information. They're having conversations, and that conversation goes up and into the brain. Well, if this conversation gets killed, then that whole part of the brain that's used to talking to them, it just shrinks away. There's no reason for it. So we lose intelligence and brain mass. It was like that Star Trek where they had to go back in time and get the humpback whale. Yeah, right, right, right. Just throwing off the whole cosmos. Where's the song of the humpback whale, you know? And uh, they went back and got one.
0: So that would really bring us forward to the idea that we've been talking about, and you have too, and lots of folks. More and more, there's just no reason to kill anything. Or try to kill anything, you know. I mean, we can kill animals if we want to eat a cow, but at least you can bless them and thankful for them, and you know, like the Indians did, and be grateful. They give up their life for us so we can live. But other than that, why kill anything? Why try to kill something in our body? I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, if you yeah. really get there, that's pretty cool, right? Don't you think? Yes. Ooh, man. Yeah. You
1: So, dear old Jonathan, he poses the question, Hmm. if light works so well, what happened to it? And what he says about it is, is that during wartime, when people are getting wounded on the battlefield, you, you need something quick and easy that you can carry with you like an antibiotic. You can't carry a bunch of ultraviolet light devices out onto a battlefield. Um, But when I don't, and collectively, when we don't process the heartbreak of war, we continue to repeat the patterns that happened in the war. Yes. So we continue to give the antibiotics, even though there's something a million times better. For us and our children, we're stuck in that loop until we have a real heart based Memorial Day.
0: Hmm. Well said, boy. Good for you, Jonathan, right? Um, yeah, I, I talked about it the other day with the Veterans Day and this whole idea of uh, I don't know. I just, I just think it's weird to honor veterans because they gave up our life for our freedom. They didn't. They were talked into <laughs> going to war for oil and the bankers and the crazy stuff. And the more that we just keep doing that, in my opinion, they're just going to keep going. We got to get real about it. But it's just me. Get real.
1: Yeah, there's some there's some energy about it. And uh, I like to listen to Ed Tick. Uh, he's a psychologist who talks about... Uh, the stress that happens after trauma in military veterans. And, uh, he takes the Vietnam veterans back to Vietnam and, uh, they sit and play games with the children and grandchildren of the people they killed, yeah. uh, mm. who were trying to kill them. And, um, and he talks about warrior archetypes and it, it seems like there's just an energy in our system that until that's cleared, we don't know how to be with that energy except to go to war.
0: Yeah. We don't know what to do. We'll just go to war. We
1: don't know what to do. It just overtakes us. And, uh, wow. you know, made that shift for us. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think I really appreciate what, what Wright said and that you relate about the bacteria in an emergency, like in the war. I think there's also an argument could be made like when people get, quote, pneumonia and the bacteria are trying to heal the lungs, which is what they're trying to do, but the patient is so weak or elderly or malnourished that if you don't give them the bacteria, it could kill them. Yes. Because you're just not strong enough to go through the healing process.
1: Yes. That makes sense. Yep. Doesn't it? It, it totally does.
0: Yeah. Sometimes you just do it because unless they, you want to, you know, die.
1: So I actually got to see what you're talking about. Um, and it's strange, Patrick, how this works. So three guys came in like the same week, way back in the day, yeah. in Fredericksburg. And they all had what what they called then idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. Oh. And it was a, a fatal autoimmune process whereby the lung tissue actually changed into fibrous tissue, you know kind of like what holds your muscles together, like changed into fascia or something. And so then you you would die because there's no real lung tissue left to do oxygen exchange. So these guys are all really, really, really not doing well. And I didn't know. I called uh, Patricia Braun. I asked her about it, and she gave me some ideas. So anyway, it turned out, strangely enough, that After a few uh, peroxide ultraviolet IVs and coffee enemas on the same day, Hmm. two of the three guys just recovered. I mean, the one guy within a couple of weeks, he went back to work and he couldn't walk when he came in. Um, It was amazing to see. But the third guy uh, was from a very wealthy family. Uh, Like if I said the name, you'd know. Mm -hmm. And – he refused to do coffee enemas. Um, he was he just wasn't going to have anything to do with that. And so he did some research, and what re, what reversed this for him was inhaling healthy lung bacteria in a nebulizer. And Zach Bush was saying the same thing the other day. The problem is with pneumonia that one organism is in there doing all the healing and when one organism is doing all the healing it's like a a field filled with weeds just one kind of weed and it's unbalanced Hmm. so this old guy Hmm. every day he would inhale these organisms like probiotics for your gut only these were organisms for the lung Hmm. and when the right organisms went into the lung the autoimmune process just turned off and he lived another 20 years. Um, and uh, I remember not paying attention to it because it had the smell of dairy. The organisms were grown on dairy and I didn't like the smell of it. So I pushed it aside. I wish I have paid attention. Um, but apparently there are healthy organisms in the lungs, just like there are in the gut And if we have a good balance, we can go through a healing a whole lot more gracefully than if just one organism.
0: Why would those organisms get lowered or lessened? Or so you'd have to be careful about this whole. um, What's that thing you we we would breathe stuff? Um, What's that little?
1: Oh yeah. so we have nebulizers. Nebulizers, yeah, yeah. But I mean,
0: I remember years ago we actually would put a little hydrogen peroxide or something in a nebulizer, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't seem like a very good idea knowing what we know now, right? Why would you do that? How do you know what you're going to kill? How would you know?
1: Right, yeah. So when we did that, it was because one organism was taken over. The person was going to die if you didn't do something, just like what you described. Okay. But if a person were regularly nebulizing uh, what breathing in glyphosate and petrochemicals are killing in the lungs... If we were restoring the organisms in the lungs, who knows? We might not even have much pneumonia.
0: Yeah. Oh, so you think that there's stuff in the air that actually screws up the lung melio, or or whatever you want to call it?
1: Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure what we're breathing is killing the healthy bacteria and virus and parasites that are in the lungs. Oh. I mean, when you look at glyphosate, it's in most of the rain, so it's just going to be in the air and we're just going to breathe that in uh petrochemicals are pretty toxic um if you look at how much mercury is put out into the atmosphere uh by coal burning plants um texas is one of the highest in the world hmm. for the amount of mercury put out from coal burning and mercury is the strongest antibiotic on the planet yeah i mean back in the day that's what they use for syphilis remember that from the movie out of africa yeah 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 you have to take small amounts of mercury and hope that you get the right amount to kill the syphilis spirochete don't kill the not person enough to kill the person <laughs> uh and then they discovered oh wait in the same line in the periodic table is arsenic so then they went to arsenic which is not quite as poisonous as mercury well you know it's still pretty rough uh i mean it'll kill a bunch of You know good bacteria and bad bacteria but won't kill the person as fast as mercury and then dr. Bradford the genius guy who put the microscope together just went one below that and went to bismuth bismuth and he made an antibiotic out of bismuth that worked way better than mercury or arsenic and didn't kill anybody that was that little rabbit trail and you can't get the bismuth antibiotic anymore from compounding pharmacies You know, maybe because it worked really well, you know, (laughs) Um, but when we're in a place where we're inhaling some amount of mercury vapor, the strongest antibiotic you could possibly inhale, uh, it makes good sense to put good probiotics back in the
0: lungs. So how would we do that?
1: That's what this guy did. He just took.
0: How would you and me do it and our listeners do it?
1: Well, I would have to call and see if his family remembers the name of the product. Yeah, see if you can come up. I'm sure. you would have to Google, you know, lung probiotics. Lung
0: probiotics.
1: See what's out there.
0: There's probably a product or something, right? There's probably a product out there. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: God. All the creative things we have to do just to hang out here. Here's an email from Ellen. It's so hard to explain family constellations to someone who has no idea about it. What website or book would you suggest that I could refer them to for a basic introduction to this?
1: Okay. Let me see if I can turn around and in okay. just a few seconds find it.
0: By the way, um, uh, uh, we can still have time if you have a question for Dr. Massey, Patrick, at oneradionetwork.com. You can also call triple eight six six three sixty three eighty six. 663 Ray Pete is still on the bench. He's having some issues with his voice and uh, with the uh, wildflowers up there, so uh, he can't be on again today. Okay, Family Constellations, that's a good name?
1: That's That's a a good one. It's about $8 on Amazon. Okay. It's by a really well-known therapist named Joy Manet.
0: Joy Manet, okay.
1: And uh, Bert Hellinger really thought very highly of this book. It's it's a quick read you know it's got like what 50 pages in it Mm -hmm. um and it's fairly big print and uh it just goes over the basics in a way that people can understand it it has like some diagrams of basic basic constellations Mm -hmm. you know father mother child kind of things
0: Um, so that's the name of it that's the one you, you you would recommend
1: Yeah, it's a great introduction. And if you watch TV and you have Netflix, watch the series Another Self.
0: Oh, okay. Hold on, I'll write that down. Another Self. Netflix, okay.
1: The first constellation, and it doesn't come until the end of episode one, so don't give up. But it's about a doctor... A lawyer and um, their friend, three women in a little village in Turkey and the doctor is trying to treat her lawyer friend who has a severe form of cancer so the lawyer friend who has cancer goes back home to the village where her mother lives I guess you know maybe make things you know finish up her business and there's a guy there that does family constellations and she goes through a constellation and finds the family root of this illness energy that we call cancer. Mm-hmm. And when she goes through this process, her cancer disappears. Well, wow. and you get to follow the doctor's anger about that, and uh, all of the drama that happens. And so there's constellations in all eight episodes, and it's really 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 heart opening and beautiful to watch
0: oh so it's an eight episode deal
1: Uh uh-huh yeah people in our constellation group a lot of them said they watched all eight episodes they couldn't turn it off they just stayed up all night and watched them
0: (laughs) they watched the whole they binge watched the whole thing huh yeah yes kind of like breaking bad with a heart you know (laughs) (laughs) it's great uh, here's an email um, from I N D J I K. That's an interesting name. Can you please ask Dr. Massey how to come out of Lyme disease? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah. So remember the the very the very first principle that I that I learned along the way. And I know we have to start with a noun like Lyme disease. But we want to change that noun into a verb. And we want to find the most accurate verb for you. So when we say Lyme disease for you, what's the movement part of it? For you specifically, right? It takes a little investigating unless a person's psychic or something um and so i i go back and when people work with me online or here in person if it's online i ask them to purchase an m-wave and put it on and while we're doing our session i can hear the tone from the m-wave when their heart says Hmm. this is what's going on right and so We guess what the usual conflicts are based on what's going on in the person's life. When we hit the verb that is Lyme disease, then movement begins. And the body is always moving toward healing. Always. Always. It's never moving toward illness. It's always moving toward healing. Hmm. So once we get out of the noun and get into the verb, you know, we're going. And uh, so and this is good old Dr. Klinghart. We've had him on the show, one of my heroes here. So Dietrich's done a lot of work with Lyme, and you can work on any of the lower five levels, right? So how do I get out of Lyme disease? There's a, a level one answer. There's a level two answer. There's a level three answer, and there's a level four answer. If you get up to level five where you realize that everything is one and everything is god then you don't need to do anything you, you just anything. you know just go out there and follow where spirit leads you mm-hmm. um, but until then we work on one of those four levels right so you work on level one you're going to be doing physical things you work on level two you're going to move away from the cell phone tower and, stop sleeping with your cell phone on your chest and near the Wi-Fi router and things like that, Right. getting all your scars treated, level two stuff. Level three stuff, we look at your personal timelines and look for separations. Lyme spirochete is shaped just like sutures. It's actually trying to sew something back together. And isn't it perfect that you showed the chimpanzee? A little arm reaching out and the mom just coming over, right? It's healing a separation. That's what the lime is for. And it stands in for that until our heart heals the separation, right? So we look for where all the person's personal separations are. And we work on reconciling those according to what their heart wants. Then we move up to the family level. Where are all the separations in the family tree? And we start working on those, and you can use constellations, shamanic rituals, hypnosis, plant medicine journeys, whatever, whatever you want on that,
0: whatever, part. whatever resonates with you, right? Yeah.
1: yeah, wherever your heart wants to go, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you'll come right out of it. The realizing here too, and this this for us in America is a big one. The American psyche likes to feel like a victim there's something about it that feels innocent and wonderful and so that part of the psyche needs to acknowledge that I'm feeling like a victim out of loyalty to someone in my family I'm not feeling like a victim because it works I'm not feeling like a victim because it's a good idea I'm not feeling like a victim because I can't help it. I'm feeling like a victim because there was an actual victim in the family. I'm trying to balance something, or there was an actual perpetrator in the family. Hmm. And I'm trying to balance that by taking on the identity of a victim. And it actually probably helped the family when I was in the womb or an infant. But after that, it doesn't help anymore. It makes my life miserable. It doesn't help what happened in the past. So we, seeing that the victim identity is based on pure love and loyalty is Helps it's you important to just,
0: just to let it go. Then you can just just let it go, right?
1: When I see that it's about my love for my grandfather, I'm being a victim because he really was a victim. But I'm trying to be a victim. It's like my subconscious says, if I'm a victim, I'm taking his victim away. Hmm. I'm actually saving him. Once I see that it's about my love for my grandfather, I can love him from my heart rather than housing a spirochete.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: It's trying to sew us together symbolically inside my body.
0: And it's a beautiful thing when you think about. I think we have very much um, input um, and choice on the families that we come into, in my opinion. So that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Makes sense. It makes sense. You know. Makes sense. Now, can you stay a few more minutes? I got a couple more things, but I want to do a break. Can we do that? Sure. Thanks for thanks for staying over time. But we started late. But you're being very patient. Uh, with this, Patrick Timpone, one radio network com, folks. If you, um, I can't tell you how impressed I have been over the years with this relaxed far infrared sauna. We started selling these, promoting these. Oh, I don't know, maybe over ten years ago, twelve years ago, thirteen years ago, and I've been doing one virtually every day of my life for the last six, seven years. I, I wasn't as as a punctual or religious until five years ago. And there's just not a day that doesn't go by when I don't get in there at night and do about 30 minutes in the relaxed far infrared sauna, extremely low. Um, the only thing in there is some magnetic energy. I think it's a, a 10 milligauss, uh near the floor below the chair magnetic, which is a... Um, mm, Anything with a motor has magnetic energy. Your juicer, your refrigerator, your Vitamix, your car, whatever. So these are cool, and you don't need to spend four or five thousand dollars in these these uh, saunas, the wooden ones, which are nice. You can lie down in them, but they don't get as hot as ours. They don't have the juice as ours. Um, this is a very, very good product. You can the only way to get the best price ever is to email moi. Email me Patrick at one radio network dot com. Patrick at one radio network dot com. So right now the price is one thousand two ninety five, one thousand two ninety five, and that's in the United States, one thousand two ninety five, United States, and um, no matter where you live, we can ship it to you. The best price ever. Just tell me what country or what city, what zip code, whatever, and um, we don't need a zip code. Uh, um, you know, just what country and city, and we'll give you the price. And these things will go out right away. Uh, you'll have them for the holiday uh, days coming up. The far infrared sauna really beneficial. So not only do you detox through the largest organ of your body, the skin, but it's been proven. With science, that you also detox more more toxic metals out of your urine. They can measure before the sauna and after the sauna. Now, what's up with that? That's true. It's a pretty cool thing. The Relax Far Infrared Sauna, the only way to get it is to email me, Patrick at One Radio Network.com. Patrick One Radio com. I just got my new refill after about of this one this is the Omica organics shower filter if you're on street water or well water or whatever kind of water certainly street water get one of these guys this takes virtually everything out of your shower and they have a little attachment where you can uh, fill up your bathtub as well this is very very necessary with what's going on in our culture and in the water and fluoride and God knows what else they have in there so get one of these guys Go on our website, see the shower filter at oneradionetwork.com and get yourself one of these guys. And look it up to your shower and rock and roll. Also, as long as you're there, if you want to try some Shilajit, uh, they have a good one. You can see it, a really good one, a high Himalayan Hila, uh, Shilajit. I know Rafi. Rafi is very particular about products. I've known him for a long time. And he told us when he was looking for Shilajit, that most of them were like used car salesmen and he had to look and look and look and, I mean, he doesn't do anything unless it's been tested and he's got the data and uh, there's a lot of junk Sheila Jet running around out there because it's so popular, you know how that is. So be careful, but you are going to get the real deal with this Sheila Jet. You can find it on the same website, the Omica Organics, and you'll get the link there from, from our website. And finally, finally, a little thing about uh, EMFs and, and a good technology, and then we'll be back with Dr. Massey. Previously, we talked with Brandon Amalani about his Blue Shield product to protect against EMFs in your home.
4: The, the more connected we are, the more electromagnetic radiation we're going to have. So years ago, I'd play with Q-Links so and just anything I can get my hands on that whether I felt it working or not, I just wanted some kind of leverage against electromagnetic radiation in those frequencies and how they affect the cellular biology. But then when I met Mark and started really getting deep to his technology and really looking at the microprocessing technology, I've never found any, any EMF company that would not only to test on not only human blood and urine analysis, but also on animals, which totally weeds out the idea of placebo effect. I mean, The fact that you can plug these devices into a chicken farm, a factory farm for about 15,000 laying hens, and all of a sudden the mortality rate, which is averages from 60 to 150 deaths per month, goes down to zero. I mean, it's pretty profound that a a little device, a little energy device could actually like create such a harmony and balance within the the environment to where claustrophobic chickens that are crammed in together actually get along better and actually feel better and and the, the you know, the biological markers are improved over that one-year study.
0: There's quite a bit of science with this Blue Shield product. You can see the ad on the front page. Promo code One Radio will get you a 10% discount. This works on the cells in the body. Very cool technology. Front page, BlueShield, OneRadioNetwork.com. Yeah, it's really fascinating. It, it, it doesn't block. A lot of people think this blocks... You know what I mean? A lot of people think that it, it, it blocks uh, the, the uh, EMFs, but it doesn't do that. It works on the cells in the body, and it triggers a different frequency every 30, 45 seconds so the body doesn't get used to it. Uh, this technology is out of Australia. and has been tested for a long time, and Brandon has also, like all of our um, you know, affiliate things that we do, very picky very picky about you know what works and what doesn't work and uh, you know know the source kind of thing so check it out you can just take one little cube put it in the center of your house and it's gonna um it's gonna rock and roll goes out 90 yards and it'll even help your your animals to be uh better suited for whatever's coming down the pike and you know you know, these days, God knows what they're what they're doing with the 5G and 12G and God knows whatever. So, check it out. It's on our website. Use promo code 1RADIO uh, for a 10% discount. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is 1radionetwork.com. Well, we're having fun talking with Dr. Richard Massey, and uh, we have all of uh, Richard Massey's um, Contact information on the on the audio show page. His email, his phone number, and um, you work with patients around the world, right? You you do that? That's what you do
1: too. I still do a little bit of that. And in fact, I didn't realize what time it was. And my next person is actually here, and I need to go help her out of her car.
0: No. Uh, oh, okay. And get
1: her back here. No.
0: No problem. Yeah, I, we've taken you way over time. We started late, but well, thanks. Well, for- no,
1: it's it's perfect. She actually wanted to say hello. Okay. Want to say hello to the world on a podcast?
0: Come on, come on in.
1: I uh, hear. Come on in, and say hi to Patrick and the audience here. This is Carol. Hi, Carol. Coming in, have a visit.
0: Hi, Carol. How you doing?
1: feedback and wonderful things. Oh, yeah.
0: Cool. Well. Yeah. It's time for you to go to work, right? What are you going to do?
1: I know, right?
0: <laughs> what are you going to do? All right, brother. Thank you uh, for being here. It was a great show. And uh, let us know if we can do something. Write when you find We're work. Write uh, us when you get work. And
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, have happy Thanksgiving with you and everybody out there. And
0: you're going to go see your family, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah, well, my brother's actually coming from North Carolina and uh,
0: oh, that's get great.
1: together with the cousins. You know, they feel immune or something, and <laughs> so we're going to get together and visit, catch up.
0: Cool. Okay, we'll see you, brother. Thank you. Take care. We love you. All right. Bye-bye.
1: Have a good one. Love you too, Patrick.
0: Uh, Richard Massey, OneRadioNetwork.com. We're going um, to talk for a few minutes here. Let, let's just take a break. I'll be right back. And the show and uh, I got a few things I want to want to just talk about a little bit just, just, just for fun, not too long. Um. Broadcasting from the beautiful hill Country in Texas. this is one radionetwork.com.